I learned something new today, boys. What'd you learn? Uh, you can have more than one cup of coffee. <laughs> Question actually asked today. Are you like allowed to have more than one cup of coffee? <laughs> no. He it, Can I have another <laughs> cup? I was I was worried about the health issues. I like that we, yeah, I was going to say, we didn't think of it as like him asking me if he can have another cup of coffee. It was more of like, is it safe to have two <laughs> cups of coffee? Yeah. <laughs> I don't have jitters. It's like someone worried about eating uh, food that's been out for like an hour. <laughs> Krista does that. She's like, oh, I'm not eating that. I'm like, why? She's like, it's been out for like three hours. So? <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't just become deathly like poisonous. Well, her and Joe are vastly different then because he'll eat plastic bag chicken. Yeah, but that was cold. <laughs> I'll also eat something that's been out for three hours. <laughs> I mean, charcuterie boards are that. Oh, yeah, pretty <laughs> that's much. That's a valid point. <laughs> like any appetizer at a party yeah. sits out for hours, at hours. An, on end. No heat. And I always go back to it late in the night. Oh, that's when it's, yeah. So it's the best. <laughs> yeah, no when, line. <laughs> no line. <laughs> when it's really marinated in the uh, the air of the room. Yeah. When everyone got their sneezes out. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was breathing their hot breath over it for a while. I let that clear, and then I go back. Some. That's when the good stuff's out. What's the? What's your like? If you go to a party, what are you hoping? If it's a party that there's going to be food, what are you hoping to see? Because there's always something you're like, man. I Appetizer really wise, yeah, charcuterie board. Yeah, yeah, probably that's, just that's a, a killer game. charcuterie board. I'm, this is one that I never get because I don't think I go to fancy enough parties. But sometimes you get it at a wedding. Fondue? Crab cakes. Oh, okay. Oh. I love a good crab cake. Yeah, we need to up your party game. <laughs> well, you go to a lot of crab cake parties? Oh, my gosh. That's my first question when I go. <laughs> Where's the crab I think cakes? some of the best food parties I've ever been to were with you. Uh, the party at the one studio you were working at that was like the old stock exchange. Oh, place yes. And they were rolling sushi yes. on site. That was pretty incredible. Yeah, that was a nice party. We yeah, also... Didn't we do something? We went to, uh, what's it called? Shuck Yeah. We did the oyster event. That oh. Was cool. That was fantastic. Not a fan of oysters. Oh, we ate no? so many oysters. What's Boogery, wrong? I mean, oysters. oysters, I get why people don't like them. But really, you're eating what you're putting on it rather than like... Yeah, all the 100%. butter and stuff. As yeah. long, if it's soaking in butter, then... Butter. I will, I will <laughs> indulge. How many oysters have you eaten? I don't know. <laughs> How many oysters soaked in butter are you eating? <laughs> However, I will say, isn't that what they do? Like a lobster pot, they like soak everything in butter. Like Not oysters. oysters. Oysters are like ninety percent of the time raw. Yeah. Or and they just taste like Rockefeller, which is like the sea. Like <laughs> they do, it just tastes like ocean water. Yeah. Uh, however, we did have those Cajun butter ones on the grill. Oh, those were near the end of the day. Those are probably nice. the best ones. Yeah. Well, we're here on a beautiful Sunday morning. How was your guys' weekend? I just like that song. What about you? What? How was your weekend? It was good. I told you earlier, I could have used your help on Friday night. Put down a whole case with one other man. Yeah, we punished a case of beer. It's impressive. What was the timeline? I think Derek came over. We were watching some college football. He got here at like 8.30, 9. And uh, I'm pretty sure I kind of could feel his glare at (laughs) 2 in the morning, and I realized I was sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least nodding off. I'm gonna and finish he, this and he go said, home. I'm gonna finish this beer and go home. I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> I can't hang anymore. This is too many beers. Did you invite um, Jack over? Yeah, I invited you too. You ignored it in the text. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah totally I didn't see that. You. I was like, Jack, you can come over and have some beers, watch some hockey and some football if you want. And then uh, I felt bad because it was in the group chat with you. I was like, Joe, 
Offer goes for you, too. I know it's a far drive to do twice in a weekend, but if you want to come have some beers, you can. Oh, and I was like second fiddle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> it was right. a petty invite, but I, it was there. Well, I'm glad I didn't respond. <laughs> I think you immediately started talking about something else. Yeah, that's usually what I switch topic. <laughs> change the topic immediately. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable with this. I'm changing the topic. Joe, what did you do this weekend? Yesterday was, was pretty no- chill. Nothing day? Oh, I went to my sister's um, for dinner on Friday. How's Kate? Kate's doing well. How's um, Josh? Did he get his life in order after my wedding? No, he's still <laughs> struggling. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went to the sauna on uh, Saturday. Oh, another sauna day. Yeah, you guys sauna, guys? I want to try it. I want to do it. Have you never been in a sauna in general? I've done it once. Okay. Was it a steam or was it a dry? Did they? Uh, they had there was like water rocks on the in rocks? the room. Yeah, it was yeah. like wet. Yeah, around the rocks. No, Adam, are you a sauna guy? I enjoy a sauna. I think I'd rather just hot tub it. Your but hot sauna's tub. nice. Sauna's nice for when you're trying to sweat out the the toxins. demons. Yeah, yeah. We uh, one of the best houses we stayed in. We do a big golf trip every year. It's like twenty guys. One of the best houses we stayed in. The back room had a hot tub, a really nice sauna. It's like couch area with a tv and then a grill all inside this back room it was like the best but we would wake up every morning before going on the golf course and sit in the sauna for like an hour oh it was, it's the best the nice. perfect start to a day yeah, yeah. a cup of coffee and a, a sauna where it, do you go i would have two cups of coffee now <laughs> not that you know <laughs> now, now that you know you're allowed <laughs> <laughs> well you didn't ask yet if you could have two cups of coffee and then go in sauna oh yeah we have could to be dangerous we'll talk about it Hey, I'm down for it. It's like what parents say to kids when they know the answer is no. Yeah, they know the answer is going to be no, but they don't want to disappoint them right now. Yeah, just yet. (laughs) We'll see. We'll let you know. We will see. When Uh, was it this day that you wanted to do it? (laughs) uh, Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll talk about it when we get home. Uh, Joe, where do you go for the sauna? I go downtown. uh, It's called the Schwitz in in Detroit. And uh, you pay uh, when you walk in. And we got there around 10. You can stay till 3. Um, it's a long sauna day. I know, but you're not in the sauna the whole time. So you can, the place I go is almost like a bathhouse where you can, it's BYOB, so you can bring your own drinks. And then they have a full kitchen there. Uh, so we do uh, we do detox, retox, and then detox days. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. that actually you know, sounds that sounds very like nice. a good day. Yeah. yeah. So you get there, you immediately get in the sauna, you're feeling good, you go upstairs, have a couple drinks. Is this like, what? Is it like, what do they call it, like a Turkish bathhouse or something? Or yeah, I think it's actually like a Jewish bathhouse. Yeah. Um, but they're very similar to like, um, if you've seen that viral video of uh, when the avalanche went to Finland and they're all, oh, yeah, the yeah. whole team went to a sauna. Yeah. So it's a lot like that. So it's it's like a big room and they're doing uh, palazzos on the top too, where, where they like beat you with the branches and everything, so you oh, can get right. you can get one of those done. Jack might be out now. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm paying for that. <laughs> I'm bringing Jack, and I'm paying for him. That sounds it. painful. Yeah, is it like a monthly fee or like? Or you no, just you just pay, pay at the door. You, you just yeah. You I just imagine like a a big muscular dude who had a really bad day, just taking all his anger out on your back. <laughs> That's it. Mother. It's, yeah, a lot of cursing. It's a big, uh, <laughs> big, uh, bald guy with head tattoos. <laughs> You can pick who does it. It's a lineup. <laughs> I'll take number four. Starts with, starts with a, a, a small foreign lady and 
eventually grows to this giant bald headed guy. <laughs> and then uh, you can pick which one you like, and uh, depending on who you pick, that's how much this they beat you. Sounds like a different kind of place that Jack's been before. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's uh, it is very. I don't know. I find it very relaxing. It sounds, sounds relaxing. like you just like getting drunk in a hot place. I mean, yeah, that's <laughs> that's what makes it relaxing. Yeah, duh. <laughs> detox, retox, detox. You guys see, uh, we posted it on our Instagram at It's a Donnybrook. Shameless plug. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Flavor Flav was at the mission game. Yeah, boy. Yeah, so no idea why he was there. But I have some fun Flavor Flav stories, actually. Personal? Yeah. <laughs> you never would have expected this. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. So one of the first ones is, well, obviously he had that, what was the uh, Flavor of Love? His He's trying to find love. On that TV times. show, yeah, I remember that show. Um, this was like not long after that. He tried to open chicken and rib joints. He had like three of them. I remember this as well. <laughs> and one day, Jack, huge flavor flavor fan. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he knows all all there is to know. Yeah, <laughs> boy. He's a pretty good impersonator of flavor flavor too. Um, one day, I'm sitting. I might have been in school, and I got a text from my dad, and I was like, well, "What did he text me?" And I pull it up, and it's a picture of my dad and flavor flavor giving a thumbs up. <laughs> Wait, where was he? Flav Flav's chicken and rib joint. Oh, and he was just like behind the counter? <laughs> My dad was not behind the counter, no. <laughs> they had Neither was Flav Flav. A couple shifts? I don't know. Flav was just hanging out there, apparently. My dad went in there to try it, and uh, <laughs> Flav Flav was there, apparently he asked for a picture. Got a picture of Flav Flav. The most random text I've ever received from my father. <laughs> do you do you remember Jared's story of when we picked I picked him up from the airport? Uh, I don't think so. He was waiting in... Uh, he was waiting at his gate, and uh, he said he just seen some some short guy on one of those like motorized luggage bags, just <laughs> rolling this, rolling yeah. through. And he he looks he stops kind of next to him, and he looks, and it's Flava Flav riding a motorized <laughs> luggage cart. Yeah. Do they have the clock on? Probably. He always wears the clock. He said he was uh, coming to Detroit for some uh, some event. I don't did remember he, what was going he, on. Did he have ties to Detroit like early on? Because he's here all the time. Because here's the other story. There's a bowling alley right down the street. and uh, Premier? Yeah. And we were there one day. We were in like a, um, it was like a drinking bowling league. Like they don't, there was like, they kept score, but there was no winner at the end. They just did like a group outing to uh, the, uh, the baseball game, Tigers game. So we were just a, just a mess around league. And I walked over to go to the bathroom and who was playing pinball at the Premier Lanes bowling alley? Flavor Flav. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. This is like a Wednesday night in the summer, and Flavor Flav was just playing pinball at the bowling alley. He's just everywhere. So he's just a normal guy. <laughs> Apparently his girlfriend lives in New Baltimore or something like that. Oh, nice. And, so yeah, he ended up like five or six lanes down from us bowling at one point, too. And he'd have a couple people come up to him. But <laughs> this drunk guy. First of all, I got back to our table, and the team we were playing against, I went, hey, you know Flavor Flav's over there? And the guy got... More excited than I've ever seen anybody get excited over Flavor Flav. <laughs> he looked at me and went, wait, Flavor Flav's here? Like, the real Flavor Flav? I said, yeah, he's right over there playing pinball. I got to go say hi. <laughs> and he got up to go say hi and get a picture with him. Uh, but you could hear him every once in a while. You'd hear, yeah, boy, <laughs> from, like, the other side of the bowling alley. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> this oh. is not, like, a fancy bowling alley. Not like not at all. It's just a regular old bowling alley in he just loves Baltimore, pinball. Michigan. <laughs> He must play pinball wherever he's at. Is that Dak Prescott Big sleeping on a mattress? He, uh, I, I, I just looked it up. Michigan's his favorite team. Oh, 
For the first time in my life, I got to see my favorite college team play in person. I've been a fan since I was that young. was That was around your wedding. Oh, that wasn't this weekend? No, it was this weekend. Oh, was it this weekend? Yeah, because he uh, high-fived Bell when he hit, got the oh, touchdown. Oh, he scored the touchdown, yeah. yeah. Um, Flavor Flav. Said, when I was little, their helmets excited me. <laughs> Only their helmets. So, favorite team ever since. <laughs> All right. Flav. And on it. the sidelines. I love it. Very cool. All right, you boys ready to get into it? Yeah, boy! Yeah, let's get into the pod. It's a Dinobrook episode 13. Oh, wait. Fun fact. Oh, God. Today is November 13th. This is the 13th oh, episode. 13th on the 13th. I'm going to go buy 13 lotto tickets. <laughs> wait, you missed out, though. It's already someone won. What? Someone won the big the one big we one. were talking no, that, about. That's okay. I'll buy scratch-offs. Jack's <laughs> <laughs> just looking for a couple things. Welcome back to old time hockey. Guys can throw punches, and they're doing exactly holies jumping. Folks, this is one of the best hockey fights we have seen in a long time. They are on their feet here at Joe Louis Arena. It's Donnybrook episode 13. As always, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at It's a Donnybrook. And anywhere you get your podcasts, you can listen. So like, listen, follow, comment. Oh, Joe's taking out the pocket mic. He's got something to say. Oh, snap. I was a little uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) And anytime I went to go take a sip, it would. uh, A little closer. Getting a kink in your neck, too? Yeah, a little kink. A little uh, behind the scenes. Joe isn't using a mic stand. So he had his microphone in his front pocket. <laughs> it worked I, for the whole intro. Yeah, I think it still works. It was just uncomfortable. <laughs> I might go back. So if you guys hear like a little ruffling, that, I'm just I'm just readjusting, just readjusting pocket mic. That's right, so where Jack gonna... comes in and just cleans it up <laughs> in the aftermath. <laughs> Denoise, little fuzz fuzz room. Jack's gonna cut it. We'll be all right. For every time I move the mic, it's like another hour of work Jack has to do. <laughs> Next week, Jack's gonna be like, "Can you just use a stand this time?" I really don't want to do this again. This, I want to be on the record here. Jack, do not cut this out. <laughs> this was Jack's idea. This was Jack's idea. <laughs> All right, we're switching up our news and notes segment a little bit. We're going to call it the five-minute major. Jack, you're going to throw five minutes on the clock, and we're going to rapid fire through some of these, uh, the latest around the NHL. You guys are good to go? Joe, Jack, Jack, whatever your name is. I'm ready. Start the clock. And ready, set, good. <laughs> not ready? Okay. All right. Uh, Evander Kane, out long term. Joe, attention to the TV. I can't watch. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's cut. Here, Myers is down, and as everybody kind of converges through. Maroon knew, too. Yeah, right away. And they blew it down. They, did, they didn't have to stop it, but they did stop it. Evander Kane quickly gets to the bench. There it is, the left skate. You could see it come right in. So Kane went down uh, to the ice. Accidental Pat Maroon skate went right over his wrist. We'll... Spare you the gory details, but uh, there was immediately a pool of blood on the ice, and he knew it right away. Uh, even Maroon was calling for the doctors, and he sprinted to the bench, screaming and holding his wrist. Emergency surgery. They repaired everything, uh, but he's going to be out three to four months, so Oilers lose a, a key piece, LTIR. Huge piece. Did you watch it, Joe? And then I could not watch. <laughs> Joe was not watching. No. It's not that bad. It just kind of squirts a little bit. No, I can't do it. <laughs> it's the blood that gets him, though, yeah, Jack. It's, it's not the, the what's going on there. Even you playing the audio, it almost, I almost fainted. <laughs> <laughs> My wrist sitting. started hurting immediately, rubbing it. 
No, I can't do any of that. What's a big loss, though? Uh, that is a huge loss for them. Uh, and the hits keep coming for the Blue Jackets. The league's worst team has now lost Zach Wierenski. Torn labrum in his shoulder. He will miss the rest of the season. They haven't set a date for his surgery yet, but Connor Bedard is now <laughs> going to be a Blue Jacket. On, on watch, <laughs> for sure. I mean, they're terrible, and that's about as big a loss as you can have, minus Johnny Hockey. I mean, your best defenseman, um, arguably top five point producer, too, on the team. Yep. Um, and their problem is defense right now. Their goaltending has been miserable. Yeah, putrid. No, none of their goalies are good. Which no. is kind of shocking, because, I mean, both of them, for the last couple of seasons, are pretty solid. Well, and we thought Merzlikens, at least I did, thought he had a chance to be a pretty good goalie this season. For sure. I mean, looking at what they did in the offseason, bringing in Johnny, you at least think they'd be 500 right now. Well, and we didn't even get, like, like last year, they were in a playoff spot at this point in the season. They weren't, they weren't that far out by the end of the season. No. This is a bottom falling out. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is what you would have, would have thought looking at the roster last year they would be, like you just said. Um, I guess if you really think about it, they didn't add much defense and that's their biggest problem. Johnny Hockey is the only thing they added really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh more injuries around the league. The Canes lose Freddie Anderson. Tough loss. Rod the Bod told the media uh that he tweaked something in practice and it's going to be out a while. The quote was I'm not going to say he's week to week because I don't know. He's not coming back tomorrow though. <laughs> so who knows? They lose their goaltender. It's rough in my fantasy. They're uh they're a deep enough team that they can probably deal with that. Uh more injuries, more goaltending injuries. The Devils lose uh, a goalie to injury, they lose Mackenzie Blackwood three to four weeks with an MCL sprain, uh, sprain leaving the net to Vitek Vanacek, and at the time he was healthy, he is now hurt as well. Wow. So they have lost both their goalies. So the Devils fans who are chanting, sorry, Lindy, next week will be back to fire. We'll be, we'll be yelling to fire. Him yeah, he'll yes. be back to fired. Exactly. Um, funny thing is, both those goalies you just mentioned yeah. are both in my fantasy team. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> um, how about Charlie McAvoy returning to the Bruins like we talked about last week, there's something in the water. Got Russian gas or something because he returns to the lineup. And, of course, McAvoy drops it to the line. Bruins now have Dubé coming out of the box. As McAvoy scores. Charlie McAvoy. Welcome back to Boston. Of course, Barry's won in his return, and the league's best team just got a whole lot better. Yeah, and they needed some good publicity. So <laughs> oh uh, I'm, I'm glad they got uh, McAvoy back for that. Well, go ahead and throw the, uh, the bit of news in there. Oh, uh, that um, old Mitch isn't coming back. Yeah, Mitchell Miller released already. <laughs> Tone-deaf signing, and of course they had to walk it back. Did it last 24 hours? I think it did. I think it might have been 48. 48. Uh, let's get through through these real quick the rest of the way. Trevor Zegris, is this the greatest goal that didn't count ever? He pulls another Michigan and probably the cleanest one I've ever seen. Yeah, it was a shame it was offsides. Offsides. They challenged it. It was a good challenge. It was the right call. But this kid is filthy. He is so damn good. Silky Mitts. He's he might not be the most talented player in the league, but he definitely has up there with most confidence because he tries whatever you want to do, like within an NHL game, like when you're playing Chell, that yeah, uh, that he'll just try in a regular game and all the time. And all he tries time. in Michigan every other night. Yeah, it's crazy. And he's already completed it. He already did the flip goal uh, to Sonny last year. He's unreal. It's it's where the NHL is going. And uh, the NHL wants <laughs> all right, five minutes up. Let's run through a quick up. Uh, well, let me. The NHL wants this because he's the poster boy now. He's also the face of the next Chell. So yeah, 
Uh, quickly, Department of Player Safety sucks. Matt Luff drilled from behind a dirty hit. I still, we talked about it a couple times. I can't believe these hits are still in the game. A dirty hit hits Matt Luff for the Red Wings from behind, busts his face wide open again, also breaks his wrist, has surgeries out 10 to 12 weeks. He gets just two games. Same that Rass got for the hit on Krejci to the head of the stick. It's just, once again, Department of Player Safety sucks. Uh, and the last thing I wanted to quickly touch on, Chris Neal, the legendary Chris Neal, his number 25 to the rafters in Ottawa. What are your thoughts on that? Well, they they must need to fill the fill the stadium, I, I was think. just going to say, they need, they need someone up there. Shows how, uh, shows how good your franchise is when the guy's number you're retiring played 1,000 games, which is good. He had all of 250 points, but he did have 2,522 penalty minutes. Jeez. Uh, I'll give credit to Matt here. He made a great comparison. He said that's like the Wings retiring Kirk Malpe. Or McCarty. Well, Malpe has almost an identical stat line to Chris Neal, just less penalty minutes. Yeah. S- almost the same amount of games, almost the same amount of points, less penalty. I mean, it's just the one thing. At if, least Malpe has Stanley Cups. If I'm playing any devil's advocate, it is cool, and I always thought the Wings should do something for their role players and all those uh, cup runs to like show some uh, gratitude towards them, you yeah. know? But they didn't win anything. And How about honor him with something in the stadium, not retire his number, though? That's for like the elite of the elite. I know. Like an who, honorary who else, night? Like, yeah. who's he going to be next to? Like, Alfredson? <laughs> who's yeah. a Hall of Famer? Yeah, you know who, who they haven't done yet? Like, well, is he, is Spetsa retired now? Yeah, he just retired this so, like, year. You know, maybe more important. Nope. <laughs> the guy who's going to the Hall of Fame, Daniel Alfredson, <laughs> maybe more important. Anyway, uh, let's get into a quick week in review. The Bruins, as we just mentioned, continue to roll an undefeated week through Saturday. Uh, they do get the Canucks today. Uh, three straight 3-1 wins over the Blues, the Flames, and the Sabres, and they sit atop the NHL at 13-2. and A twenty plus 27 goal differential. Is this team just going to dominate all season? I mean, they showed no signs of slowing down, and now they're getting healthy. We were all wrong. Yeah, yeah completely wrong. Uh, I I did not see this coming at all. I mean, you look at where the production's coming from, and it's coming from the likely characters, yep. right? Um, but at the end of the day, I did not think this goaltending tandem was as good as they are showing to be. And yeah, you would have thought that would be the weakest part of this team. And I thought that Marshawn and McAvoy were not going to be coming back within the first month. Yeah. So months early. Yeah. With that, uh, this team like barely made the playoffs last year. Uh, well, they made it, but they were the last in, correct? Or Washington was. Yeah. But a wild card team. Begs the question, was David Krejci the key to their success? <laughs> or or was getting rid of the coach the key to their success? I think you're, I think you're probably right there. But... With that he's argument been, being said, Vegas looks amazing. He's been great in Vegas. <laughs> yeah, he's doing great. Maybe there. he just hasn't gotten to the point where he's annoying the players yet. No, but but those guys in Boston hated him. No, and and the downfall of Boston will be that front office. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, well, you've seen that. Yeah. Sweeney and Cam Neely trying to defend the signing of Mitchell Miller. Obviously, is. they're already trying. I mean, they have a thirteen and two team, and they were ten and one when they signed uh, when they tried to sign Mitchell. All right. Speaking of continuing to roll. Joe, your favorite team, the New Jersey Devils. 3-0 this week, beating the Flames, the Sens, and the Coyotes. Uh, 10-3 on the season. (laughs) They are the league's third best team. Joe, take the floor. (laughs) I don't want to say I told you so. (laughs) 
But, uh, I mean, no goalies coming up. That's going to be uh, a challenge. Their fans are already turning back onto my side. Yeah, chanting uh, apologies to Lindy Ruff. Yeah, in mid-game. After apologies. booing him opening night. <laughs> I yeah. like how they, they started on a, on a sour note. Immediately, we hate the coach. I mean, yeah, game two, two games home in. opener. <laughs> fire him. Season's over. And now they're 10-3. and three. And now they're 10-3. And, three. and what, that, eight in a row. That loss to the Wings is way in the rear view right now. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10. And they don't show any signs of slowing down right now. Well, their two kids are carrying them, too. Heischer and Hughes, I think, have points in five straight. Wait till next year and they get the the youngest Hughes. He looks real good right now. He looks good. And then they still have... I mean, that team is full of young talent just because they've been bad for so long. Yeah, they're And they're all coming up. That Holtz hasn't really shown much yet. Um, Even Mercer... Is good. Another first round pick. Jack's guy, J- uh, Jesper Bratt, has been unbelievable. Yeah, Bratt. I still can't believe how good he is. What's his nickname? Does he have a cool nickname? Like Bratwurst? <laughs> <laughs> if, if not, that should be it. That was terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, Wursty. Jack, what do you Wursty, think? Wursty, Jack. <laughs> oh, Wursty's Wursty. good. Yeah, I like how you took my bad nickname and made a nickname off of my bad nickname. That's yeah, hold good. my beer. <laughs> hold my coffee. <laughs> struggling to come up with a name, and so are the Rangers struggling a little bit here. Uh, by all accounts, a team that everyone kind of expected to make a deep run this year. They got to figure something out. They sit at 7 6 and 3, uh, with the exception of the 8 2 win over the Wings on Thursday, just shellacking. That was six unanswered third period goals. Uh, they lost this week to the Islanders and the Preds. So that Wings win was the sole bright spot. Uh, they do get the, the Yotes tonight, so you would hope they get a win tonight. Um, they scored eight goals against the Wings and still only have a plus one goal differential on the season. Well, we talked about it last week when I did the, if you were GM, they're not getting, I mean, the days they score, it seems like they're not getting the goaltending they need. I don't think Halak has won a game yet, so they're not getting any help from their backup. Is that all that surprising though? No, but you would think with this roster, he would be better than 0-4, 0-5. You could almost put anybody back there and they could at least do a decent job. Yeah. You know, um... I mean, if this team is what people assume they would be, cup contender coming in, which I did, they're not looking at it right now. But also, seven and six this early isn't a death sentence. They're they're still fine. I think if it continues like this, they'll get hot. I, I mean, I think you could be nervous about like a two one loss to the Preds, like a team that a lot of teams have beat up on. Uh, they got they snuck out a win against the Flyers, one nothing. We know the Flyers have been playing good, and sure they've lost to the Bruins five two. That team's been a wagon, um, but some of their losses, I mean, shut out by the Islanders, uh, a five one loss to the Blue Jackets at the end of October. That followed a loss uh, to the Sharks in overtime. So there's a few games where you're like, is this team sleepwalking through some of these games, like thinking they can just show up and win? I think so. Let me look at what they played in October. I think they did have some tough games, too. Well, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. So they started against the uh, the Lightning. They won. They, they started out hot. Bombed the Wild, but then a 4-1 loss to the, the Jets. Then you get that, that stretch. They beat the Ducks. They lose to the Sharks. They lose to the Blue Jackets. They lose to the Avs. They lose to the Islanders. Then they get a couple wins in there. But some of those losses, it really seems like the losses are against bad teams. Yeah, and they're all high-scoring games. And that's not what you want to see. You also got, uh, yeah, I mean, right now Halak is 
at a eight eight three save percentage. Ugh. He's lost all four games. He's lost all four games. Shesterski and just, then one in overtime. So he, as a goalie, he has one point as uh, for the team. Shesterkin seven and two. I mean, Shesterkin is is a stud, which makes me think it's the, how they're playing in front of him. Well, it's crazy because you got you got Perron has twenty one points in sixteen games, eighteen Who? and sixteen. Uh, Panarin, Perron, sorry. <laughs> uh, Panarin has twenty one and sixteen. Uh, Mika has eighteen and sixteen. Even Fox has seventeen and sixteen. So they're getting their top guys they're are still guns. producing. Yeah, and it's like we said, it's their it's their depth. But even their depth is producing. I think they're just giving. They just give up too many. Way too many. Yeah, they're they're going to be. Right now, they look like a team that is just going to is going to have to outscore teams, which is not what you would have expected out of this team with a pretty decent decor and one of the best goaltenders in the world, if not the best in the world. Well, I thought at the Wings game that we had them, we looked good up until like. The third period when third they scored six goals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then we just, just fell apart. That was, that was last year's team Poking sh- out. showing through. Yeah, the lay down and die when you're about to get We have not gone away. But oh, yeah. Joe brought up their record in their losses this year. When the Wings lose, they lose big. Yeah, so we don't if you have see the Rangers do that to them, isn't all that surprising, I guess? No. No. And the Rangers have a nice stretch here where they could probably get back on track. Yeah, you got Arizona tonight. tonight. Yeah, um, a surprising Seattle team, but then you have Seattle, San Jose, L.A., Anaheim. So they do the West Coast trip, come home to Edmonton. They need a couple of these because you come home to Edmonton, and then two nights later you get the Devils at home who are rolling. If I mean, what are you scared? They got what do we have here? Six, seven, eight. There's eight games left in November. They're sitting at seven and six right now with some overtime losses, right? Yeah. Where, where do you start panicking if you're a Ranger fan with these next eight? Well, let's just well let's just let's do it until uh, after the Ducks game because we'll do it until Thanksgiving, which will be part of our next segment. Okay, which is kind of a barometer in the NHL. So you got one, two, three, four, five games. If you drop three of those, I think you're kind of getting into panic mode because that's going to leave them pretty far down the standings. Yeah, and. And teams that you expect to beat. You got to beat the way that you're playing right now. Good teams lose to bad teams all the time in the yep. NHL. But if you are a good team, you have to pick up points against these bad teams. Yep. Because later in the season, you're going to have to start playing. It's going to cost you because you're going to be playing the good teams. Yeah, you're going to be playing your Bostons, your Carolinas more mm-hmm. near the end of the season. So they have to win. They got to get points in... Uh, at least Arizona, San Jose, Anaheim, if not win all three of those games. I would agree. Um, and if you're looking at the calendar before the season starts, you're counting those as games you should win. And that's the West Coast swing that isn't nearly as daunting as it as it is in like you know previous years when you were like, oh, West Coast swing, we got to play Anaheim, we got to play LA, we got to play San Jose. Those are all strong teams in the West. Yep, those teams all suck. So yeah. you, you need to take advantage of that West Coast swing because going to Western Canada is a different story. So when you have the Western Canadian road trip, that's the one where you're like, well, can we get out of here at 500 on this road trip? This yeah. is one where you have to take three or four of these games. I know. And it is tough playing in different time zones, but they're going to be there a week. So they should be able to figure that out. L.A. is a good team. So I could see them dropping one of those two because it is a back-to-back with them in Anaheim. But if I'm a Ranger fan... You gotta, you gotta can't. You you have to start 
cutting down on these goals against that they're giving up. Yeah, and it, it looks like they have started to this past week. I agree. You got to can't do it. You got to can't. <laughs> uh, how about the curious case of the Tampa Bay Lightning? Uh, the team we've saw, we've seen go to three straight Stanley Cup finals has been just okay this year, sitting at just about 500, kind of the Rangers record, and they've been a bit of a yo-yo. They did put together a three-game winning streak, uh, but alternated wins and losses pretty much every other game so far this year. A 5-1 loss to the Caps. Uh, they do get the Caps again today, a uh, chance to right the ship there. Is this a team that's just simply played way too much hockey over the last three years? It's probably that, and the most surprising thing is their goal differential is minus three right now. And this is a team that prides itself on goaltending and defense. I mean, if you're looking at uh, what Lalonde has brought over here. and Big difference. And you could see the defensive structure, maybe not in the last couple games. But um, <laughs> with with this team, it has to be games. But also, beginning of the season, they they did start out slow last year as well. That's, that's true. They did start out slow. I mean... This is another. This is the team, though, that like at least their losses compared to the Rangers are to good teams. They yes. beat up on the bad teams like they're supposed to. The ones they're losing are generally to the good teams. Yeah, but they're not really beating up. They, the, the, a lot of these last couple of games were one goal games. Yeah, but that four to three against Ottawa. Yeah, but it's not like goal game. differential means anything really. Yeah, you know what I mean, if you're winning, you're winning. You don't have True. to beat beating Ottawa seven to nothing is the same as beating Ottawa three to two. For sure. I think uh, goal differential at the end of the season shows that you're a good team. Just shows because, what you are, yeah. Yeah. Like, Jack, you're right. They're not beating up on the, the bad teams. You're right. That's probably a bad way to put it. But a win's a win. Yeah. You know? No, I think they still figure it out. I mean, they're, they'll make the playoffs, right? Yeah, but I. Th- this is, I this think is looking just, like a wild card team. I think they coast above 500 the rest of the season. I mean, this is looking like a wild card team right now. It, and this one's not on the um, docket, but St. Louis has the, those halves playing well recently, too. Yep. Yep. Martin. Three straight wins. They're back in a wild card position right now. They're eight and six, which is the same amount of points the Wings have, the Rangers have, more than Tampa, Philly, Washington. Uh, but we talked about this before the season started that the East's bad teams, all the bad teams in the East, did get better for sure and made additions that they they're not just going to roll over like they did last year yeah i agree can we quickly touch on the concerns we had in the offseason uh with the hype around the ottawa senators uh, i mean i'm glad that they're trash th- yeah they're they're not good they're not good and they're uh and i knew they weren't going to be good i don't understand why teams or all these pundits were saying Best top six in the league, or arguably ridiculous. They just Giroux's producing. Debrinkat just started scoring. He yep. just had two the other night. I think he has four now. In two, in two in the last game. Yeah, yeah. That that uh, that is quickly showing to be uh, a false hope there. And I think they're going in the right direction for that, sure. That for wasn't sure. the the like argument or the reason why I was like, why are we giving Ottawa so much credit? So much credit, but they almost did themselves a disservice talking themselves up or people talking them up because yeah. now they look at them and they're five and eight expectations too high to start the year oh for sure essentially yeah and they're also playing in the hardest division in, in the hockey. nhl yep for sure all right let's get into our next segment and uh this will be a fun one 
All right, two weeks away from American Thanksgiving. It's a uh, mile marker in the NHL every season that really tells you who teams are. Uh, if they're out of the playoffs at that point, uh, you likely won't make it. The odds have generally been that you don't you don't get back in if you're out at American Thanksgiving. Um, it's a barometer that a lot of people look at, a lot of teams look at, um, to kind of figure out where they are in the, in the regular season. So uh, two weeks away, are these teams... Or will we be saying in two weeks at Thanksgiving they are who we thought they were? This is you know they're they're there they're going to stick around in the playoffs, or are we thinking these teams are going to break the trend and f- and fall out, or is a team going to jump in? So just quickly, last year some numbers: only the Penguins were in a playoffs weren't in a playoff spot last season at Thanksgiving. That, that made, made it. it. Yeah, Columbus Blue Jackets fell out. In the West, it was a little different. It was a little bit of an off year. Three teams were in that didn't make it. Winnipeg, Anaheim, Vegas all fell out after being in it at Thanksgiving. But typically, there's not much movement. It's one or two teams that fall out or jump in after Thanksgiving. So your barometer, if you're going to be a playoff team or on the cusp of one, is being here at Thanksgiving. And that also correlates with 20 games played. Right. Usually that's... Quarter of the season. That's a a big barometer in the NHL. See where you're at. Because teams start out hot... And like we said, other teams like Tampa started out slow last year and then picked it up right around this time. Right. So the Atlantic, the Bruins with the top spot, Toronto Maple Leafs, Florida Panthers in the Metro. It's the New Jersey Devils, the New York Islanders, the Carolina Hurricanes. And then in the wild card spots, you would not expect these two names to be there. The Detroit Red Wings and the Montreal Canadiens. Well, in the East, just looking at it, the teams that... We thought we're not going to be there that are there right now are probably just the Devils, Wings, Montreal, right? Correct. Yeah, for sure. So what do you think? Yeah, I mean, you you might have been on the fringe on the Islanders, but... Yeah, you might have been on the fringe on the Islanders and even Boston, but some of us had Boston still making it. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So of... I guess we start with the Atlantic. Yep. As of right now, those three teams are the best in the Atlantic. Well, and we got... and, And we have both of the wild cards out of the Atlantic right now. Yeah. Well, I guess me saying those are the best three in Atlantic is a given. But um, <laughs> oh, really? Because the standings <laughs> tell you that. <laughs> but Boston, by all counts, so far this season, seems like the they're going to roll. Yeah, I think I think you could comfortably say the Bruins, the Leafs, the Panthers, the Devils at this point, and probably the Hurricanes are locks to still be playoff teams in two weeks and. Going forward. I mean, I think those are the teams that you probably don't have to worry about them falling out. Well, I don't think it's even uh, possible for the Bruins and the Devils to fall out right. in two weeks. Right? In two weeks, no, yeah. for sure. But at that point, do you think they'll... St- I mean, those teams, I think we can just lock in. Like, they're going to be playoff teams. I think so, for the most part. I think it's going to be a battle for the wild card spot between everyone else, really, well, in the division. So, all right. So, you got to think the Rangers figure it out and climb back in. Who are they knocking out? Probably the Wings or the Wings Habs, or right? Montreal, yeah. And then Tampa Bay even could figure some more stuff out. So if like these two, if these teams, if we're sitting at this, this ex, these exact standings in two weeks on Thanksgiving, we still think odds are the Wings in Montreal will likely end up dropping out of this. Correct. Yeah. And looking at the wildcard standings, take away the top six in the East right now, of those teams, like, Buffalo has fallen off a cliff. Five straight losses. Yep. 
Um, they are who we thought they were. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will tell you about Buffalo. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. <laughs> but they are who we thought they were. And we let them off so the hook. Buffalo has found uh, the water is leveled quickly for yeah. them. The same could be said is happening right now for Detroit uh, with those last two losses. If they don't do well in this these next two or three games on the West Coast, they're probably they're back to five hundred and they're uh, they're off. not very good away right now. Two, three, and one away, and then as opposed to home, we're five, two, and two. Although I will say, look at all those wild card teams' records on the road. Yeah, it's true. just about everyone's five hundred or under, mm-hmm. or one game above. Uh, just to quickly, Joe, to what you were saying to run down the wild card standings: the Wings of Montreal have the top two spots, Rangers right on the cusp. Same amount of points as those teams. Just one they're extra. losing. They're losing the tiebreaker. Yeah, right now. one extra game. Uh, Philly sits at seven five and two, so they're right there. They're one point below those teams with a game in hand. Yep. Also at sixteen with two games in hand. Oh, we have one game in hand on from the, the wild card, card yeah. teams. Yeah, you're right. And then Washington, who actually the wild card teams have a game in hand on them. However, they're at sixteen points as well. And then Tampa at fifteen, Pittsburgh at fifteen. This is going to be a race. Like I think where Detroit and Montreal are at this point is going to throw this into chaos because how good even Philly how good do teams have to be named Pittsburgh, Tampa and Washington to climb themselves back into a playoff race. If they don't do it by Thanksgiving, you got to really go on a big stretch. You got to get on a heater to make yourself a playoff team. Well, we said this going into the season 2 at the East that we didn't expect Every team to have a hundred points, right? It's not going to cost. It's it's not going to take ninety eight points to make the playoffs this year. No, and with the what you just said that Pittsburgh was the only team out of the playoffs by Thanksgiving that ended up making it. That those standings did not change after Thanksgiving. No, in not the at East. All. No, no. As one, soon as Columbus fell out, it was it was that there was, was no like teasing teams either, like someone getting hot and coming close. Columbus probably was the closest and they're still always like eight points back. I was to say, I think they finished eight or ten points out of the playoffs. Yeah. And that was always the team that was like teasing to maybe get in. Right. Um, but looking at this, if you're a betting man, which we are. Oh my god, Jared Goff's going to throw a Hail Mary. Sorry. And it's picked off. <laughs> oh, he dropped oh. it. Oh, good. Um, so if you're a betting man, you're probably taking Tampa Rangers of the wildcard teams. And Easily putting your money there, not feeling too scared. Yeah, I mean, I I want to think the Penguins started so hot. I want to think that's who they actually are, and not who they've been the last six or whatever. But but who who's to say with it's going to be a way more fun run down the stretch in the East this year because yeah. of those teams that are sitting there. But also, it's so early that Pittsburgh wins one game, they jump right back into a wild card spot. Would it be a complete shock if the standings fell where? Three of the four Rangers, Washington, Tampa, Pittsburgh weren't in the playoffs. It'd be insane. It'd be insane. I don't know if it'd be a complete shock, though. No, we all agreed that we think the rise of Washington, Pittsburgh's coming to an end. Like yeah. they're they're definitely on the decline of that roster makeup and what that team's going to be capable of. Yeah, they could be playoff teams, but I think the cup window's closed. The only team that is out right now that. I would say is on the up is the Rangers. So let's, okay. So uh, let's predict uh, Joe pull up Philly and I'll pull up the Capitals. I got Rangers pulled up till the 30th. How many games do the, uh, the Rangers have before Thanksgiving, which is the 24th, 24th, uh, four, four games, five, including tonight. So potential 10 points for the Rangers. 
The Capitals have one, two, three, four, five. So potential 10 points. And Philly makes up their game, so they have six. Because they're one behind right now. In two weeks at Thanksgiving, what do these standings look like here? Are they... Are they different by then? Do these do those couple teams pick it back up, win some games, and are we talking about the Wings and the Habs out of the wild card now in two weeks? Uh, it's hard to say because everything's so close. Like, because I don't think the Caps make it up. I think that's the one team you could probably say they don't make it up. They get the Lightning today. They get the Panthers on Tuesday. The Blues, who have been terrible, but then they have to take on the Avs, the Flyers, and then you get Thanksgiving. So, I think that might be the team that. They might be in trouble more than the other ones if you get through Thanksgiving and they're not close to wild card. What what's their injury status right now? I know they're not playing with Backstrom, which might be all season, but uh, do they have anyone coming back? Like, is this is this their full roster at five hundred? Because if that's the case, then I'd be worrying if I was a Capital fan. Backstrom, Connor Brown, Carl Haglin, and that's it. Yep. So, so that's not really many. Oh no 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 no! Sorry, Oshie went on. Tom Wilson, Dmitry Orlov. Okay, injuries. So are, injuries are. Really I forgot crazy. about Tom uh, Wilson too. Um, so, so that's. I mean, if you think about it, that's one, two, three, four. Probably four of their top six to eight forwards, uh, and maybe their best defenseman. So be, if I'm Washington, I just want to. I got to keep going 500 to yeah. stay afloat. To hopefully get healthy and make a run. Yeah. I think the Rangers and the Lightning are sitting there. I think Montreal stays. You think, think they, they stay? They're on, a, they're on a three-game winning streak. And in two weeks, I don't see that slowing down at all. You got their schedule pulled up? Who they got coming up? Uh, they have... Well, the Wings are just on a three-game winning streak, and they got bombed and <laughs> lost in LA. Very true. <laughs> Eight to two loss. Don't talk them out of it. Um, <laughs> he already made his stand. What's today? The 13th? Yeah. Okay. They yeah, will, remember 13th on the 13th? They have the Devils, which they'll probably lose to. <laughs> And then they have Columbus, Philadelphia, Buffalo, and Columbus. Oh, they oh. could that. Yeah, you're not that's wrong. That's a nice Jack. stretch. That's there. That stretches. Yeah. If they if they're out, Chicago after that too. If they're out by that point, and then the Sharks. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> if they're out by that point, then the Habs are what we thought they'd be. Which yeah. Is a trash team. Yeah. Because that's a that's a, a golden looking schedule there for them to that. I mean, shit. That might even put them in a spot where they're the sole wild card. Holder, you know I mean, they if they win a lot of those games, they could be a team that's point like many points ahead of anybody else, and maybe even sneak into the the division race. But with that being said, this is the Wings next uh, for the rest of the rest of November. Ducks winnable game, San Jose winnable game, Columbus winnable game, Nashville winnable game, Arizona winnable game, Toronto Buffalo winnable game. So those are all both. I will say those two teams in the wild card, if they're out, they they'll never. I don't think. I think they're done. Uh, let's get to the West here. The Central is Colorado, Winnipeg, Dallas in the top three spots. The Pacific is Vegas, L.A., Seattle, uh, and then the wild card spots are currently Edmonton and Minnesota. On the outside looking in, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks surprisingly have 15 points. Now I will say Edmonton is has 18 points and they're in the wild card. Minnesota only has 15, so they're three points back. Two games ahead, Two too. games in hand, yeah. uh, which all these teams I'm about to name have two games in hand on Edmonton. Uh, Chicago also with 15 points. The Calgary Flames with 14 points. And uh, 
I guess you could say Arizona and Nashville are somewhat still there. However, they are three points back of Minnesota and now five points back at Edmonton. So I think Minnesota is their only chance to catch right now, uh, especially over the next two weeks. How about the West? What, what are we feeling here? I think it stays relatively close to what it's at. I think maybe Seattle drops out of the division and goes wild card. And Edmonton takes that spot. You think maybe Chicago's pissed that they're winning so many games? <laughs> I mean, they're I not going to be a playoff that. team, right? No. So, that. so they're just they they they're they're just hoping that down the stretch of the season, guys lay down and give up. Well, or you just trade what's making you good right now at the deadline, and you Patrick Kane, and then you start. And he hasn't even really been. But it's awesome. Kane's not been great so no, far. It's been the Sam Lafferty's of the world. Yeah, carrying this team. Well, and their goaltender uh, Sterlock, right? Staylock. Staylock was. Um, Standing on his head earlier in the season, well, and he's I mean, come back down to earth. Don't forget, they just got Peter Morazic back. That's true. What an addition! So he'll be healthy for like two games for sure. Well, they'll be well, third he, in the division. He'll be healthy enough to lose two games for them. Yeah, that'd be great. And then out. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> now Edmonton, right now, if I'm an Oilers fan, I'm just worried about your depth. You lost arguably your third best forward, maybe fourth. Um, mm, who's better, McDavid and Drysaddle? It's got to be Kane third, right? Yeah. Uh, the only other person, it's Hyman's Kane, Hyman, good. or uh, Nuge. So, Nuge. I think Kane's better than those guys. And Joe, Kane did you see that video of what happened to Kane? <laughs> Joe, you want to watch it? <laughs> Pull it up, Jack. Joe, you know Clint Larchuk got his throw cut one time. You want to see it? <laughs> Bring them all up. Richard Zednick one time. Got a <laughs> I'm done with this pod anyway, so I'd rather take a nap. <laughs> uh, the Oilers, after they did lose Kane, uh, they got trucked by the Hurricanes 7-2. to two. But came back and got a nice win uh, in Florida in Sunrise over the Panthers. Um, they get the Kings, the Golden Knights, the Devils, the Islanders, the Rangers. The Rangers game is just after Thanksgiving. That's not an easy stretch to have that guy missing in your lineup and be sitting in a wild card spot. Now, I will say they're tied with Seattle right now, which I would agree, Jack. I think Seattle would be the team to fall out if there's going to be a team that falls out. Uh, but Edmonton needs to put together some, some good wins here in a time where they're, they're down a body. In a good body. Well, how about this? Edmonton right now is tied for second most goals for in the season. 59 goals already. And they only have one goal differential. It's crazy. They've given up 58 goals. So they're I think leads the NHL. Have they given up the most goals in the NHL? Well, don't look not, at Anaheim. Not named Columbus. <laughs> don't look at Anaheim or LA. Yeah. Columbus and Anaheim are the only teams that have given up more goals than them. Uh, Vancouver's got 61. So there you go. Those three teams. That's it. And there's a there's a big difference between those three and the Oilers' records right now. Yeah, those are the two worst teams in the NHL, and, and Vancouver is slowly working their way down. <laughs> yeah, or quickly, I should say. <laughs> What's really crazy between the East and the West is look at how many teams on the West that are under 500. Well, the East is is just better. Um, there's six teams in the West that are under 500. I mean, you and you have there's teams three in the East. You have teams that were top of the West last year who. Look like uh, this is the Flames that look like they're they're going to struggle to make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, same with Nashville. I will say I don't think Chicago keeps it up, and no. I think Seattle. Although Seattle being carried by those young kids, Maddie Berniers has been unbelievable. And Martin if you think, Jones. If you think of that division, though, this division uh, is bad. Well, yeah, you just said it earlier before the segment started. 
the Ducks and the Kings were in the playoff position last year, and no one picked them to make the playoffs no. before the season started. So hold on, hold on, <laughs> hold on. LA Kings, thank you very much. Thank you very one much. person, <laughs> one person in the world um, who's not a Kings fan. But we talked about this, and I said it last pod too. This Seattle team, for what they added to this team, they're they're talented and they're they're deep. Yep. They might not have stars. Like all stars, they're or not like names. Not names yeah. yet. Yeah. That Berniers could turn into it, but they definitely don't have guys that uh, your Canes, your McDavid's, your Drysaitels, not that Edmonton has. But they're sitting right there above. Sorry, uh, sorry my microphone fell in my face. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm looking at these ten teams that are in the wild card right now, those top two teams are the my betting odds to stay there. Going into the season, you thought both those teams were playoff teams. Yeah. Minnesota, Edmonton. Yep. Um, we haven't brought up Winnipeg. Well, who's second in the Central? Yeah, but okay, but look at that. That Central Division has been pretty bad so far. Yeah. Do you think the, they- lead, the three teams in the lead in the Central have seventeen points each? The Pacific, the division we're saying is bad, have twenty six, twenty one, and eighteen. Mm-hmm. Like the think about this: the Oilers, if they were in the Central, they'd be leading. The Central Division. True. They'd be number one in the Central Division. So do you, um, my main question was, do you think Winnipeg stays there? At this point, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. Also, all those teams have played way less games than everybody, though. I will say that. Yeah. And if you look at the Central, um, other than Colorado, uh, but their goaltending is good, those next two teams just have elite goaltending. Yep. True. Yep. Um, Ottinger and, and if you, Calibur. And and I'm ready to put Ottinger at a tier of, um, it might be too early, but by all accounts, he is what we thought he was. Is, is, wait, he, he what? Crown his ass. Uh, he is that tier right under elite. He's I would right say under so. Shesterkin and Vassy, I think. He's but in he has, that, he has the green arrow pointing up. Yep. In yep. The- He's jumped a few spots. <laughs> um, so really, I mean, looking at this, I think... I don't. I don't know that Calgary is going to be able to make this push, boys. So I think these teams. I think you were right. I think these teams probably stay as is. Seattle could be the team I could see falling out. And if that happens, then maybe it is Calgary. But I don't know who. who if if Seattle is going to fall out, who's taking their spot? I'm not picking Chicago to do it. At well, this you point, can't. Uh, well, you mean fall out of the playoffs? Yeah, or, yeah, 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 out yeah. of playoff contention. The only team that that I. I look at that could figure it out, and they've looked abysmal. Is probably St. Louis. Oh, because I thought you were going to go Nashville. I'm going to say I Calgary. Think, I think St. Louis has been so far gone that. But this, they just rattled off two, and it's still early. They're minus seventeen in goal differential. I know their goaltending is is been miserable. Well, and their D, and their the whole team. Is so, so, they're, so they're bad. As I work up, I'm trying to think of you know both you, blues I dropped for my fantasy team. This you know week. who they could really use? David Perron and Vili Husso. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be working out for the playoff team in the East. No, they got Grice. They're fine. <laughs> All right, so yeah, just just to wrap this up, I think uh, I think if there's a team that's going to jump back, maybe it's Calgary. Nate, I look at a team like Nashville, and they're a minus eleven goal differential, which is strange because. Soros hasn't hasn't been good. They're typically a pretty darn good defensive team. Yeah. The question is the question mark that has been all offseason and leading into this season. Can guys like Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne repeat 
the career years they had last year, which I don't think any of us expected they would. If I had a little eight ball thing that you shake, I would shake it, and it would probably say all signs point to no. Well, this is like the second time this week you've used this. I think you're overusing this joke. <laughs> yeah, no, this was in our group chat, too. It was only in the group chat. I didn't bring it on the pod yet. Okay, so... Okay, so you got one. That's it. You <laughs> we'll allow that it this time. All signs point to yes. <laughs> you're right, though. Uh, Nashville was probably the second team I would have picked in giving their chance, but it's all only if Saros figures it out. Uh, yeah. If you look at who has the best goaltending in this, these 10 teams, it's probably... Calgary and, and Nashville. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Calgary has been somewhat let down by Markstrom. He needs yeah. to be better. Huberdeau has done very little himself, too. No. Yeah. And I, we all talked about the addition of Mackenzie Weger, but their defense has stunk. Yeah. Yep. And Weger's more offensive than defensive. Yeah. His, uh, his defensive letdowns were hidden by, by guys like Aaron Eckblad. And and their forwards who could play good defensively, but also that team just outscored teams. Yeah, it's got, they didn't play D. Yeah, he didn't have to play D. No, he, he I think they they tied or broke a record last year for most comebacks well, in a season. Yeah. And the cardiac cats. Yeah, and that's not playoff winning hockey. No, as and they, we saw. they and they proved it in the playoffs. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Segment three, boys. All right, boys, this is a fun one. Uh, this is, I found, I, I love lists and stats and all these sports lists, and I found one that is the greatest NHL players to wear every number that has born, been worn in the NHL. Oh, thanks for that, right in the middle of this. <laughs> it wasn't in the mic. I can't yeah, even hear you, it. You, you tell me that you couldn't pick I'm that up. I'm wearing in the, the phones. I didn't hear it in the phone. He's That's, wearing in the phones. He's wearing it in the phones. Sorry, you Jake, I have to take I have to take it when anyone else yeah, misspeaks. Because <laughs> it's normally jo- me. Joe's usually taking all the shots. Yeah. He's gotta throw one in every now and then. I was like, oh my god, what did he just say? <laughs> oh, can I jump on before this one? Uh so this is the best best players to wear every number in the NHL. We're not gonna go through every number, but I did pull out a few that I wanted to talk about. Starting with number five, I think we all know who that would be, right? Easy. <laughs> you gonna say it? <laughs> we'll let uh Jack well, pick this one. That's I mean it's Lidstrom. So yeah. I mean, Wait, it's Dutch what? Lidstrom. Okay. I thought you put it as Lindstrom. No. <laughs> do you remember my no, mother's... No, it's not Gustav Lindstrom. He doesn't remember, wear five. Remember my Mother's Day card? I do remember. Lindstrom number five, <laughs> mom number one. Please explain. <laughs> we talked about it on, like, pod two. Wait, that is still a very good card. <laughs> That's a, you were a genius back then. I what drew happened? a little jersey, and it doesn't look like a jersey. It just kind of looks like a ripped-up towel. Is there anyone close to Nick? I uh, mean, not not Den- that anyone would take over him. But. Uh, Dennis Potvin. Yeah. Gila Point. Guy. Who probably, you know, I mean, I guess that guy would have been, Denny Potvin would have been the guy for a long time. Number eight. At this point, it's got to be Ovi, right? Yep. There are some legendary players who wore eight, though. Timo Solani being one, Cam Neely being another. This list had Drew Doughty. I don't think he's anywhere near those three names. No. Solani, I could, you could make the argument for Solani. Um, However, Timo will come up later because he did wear two different numbers in his career. Oh, uh, then. Then just then you uh, give OV eight, yeah. <laughs> just let just him give have him this one. But uh, Solani has a record that will never be broken. The one of the most untouchable records in sports. In sports, rookie goals seventy six. Un, it's unbelievable, That's and wild. it's crazy because 
I don't think that, I mean, obviously we weren't alive, right? It was it 80, it had to be in the 80s, right? I'm not sure. Late 80s or early 90s, whatever. We weren't old enough to know what was happening then. He never came close to that total ever again. I don't no. think he even scored 50 again. Did he score 40 again? Let me look. I mean, that's that's you're right. That is one of the most untouchable records in sports. And I don't think he ever scored 20 goals less than that again. I mean, in this NHL, it's going to be tough for anyone to hit 70. And there's only one name that I think could do it. And it's probably McDavid. Ah. Maybe Leon. No, I was going to say, I think there's three names. I think it's McDavid. I think it's Leon. And I think Matthews could get there. Matthews scored 60 last year. I mean, like he could get there. But you're right. I mean, it's, it, the last person to score 70 was Brett Hall. How, how many times did you say Solani scored 20 goals? Oh, 20. I, I don't know. But, a bunch. Uh, but I. But he never came close to 76 again, that's for sure. No, 51-52. He did score 50 a couple times? Yeah. So, I mean, 51 and 52 is a long way from 76 in your rookie year. He had 48, too. That's crazy, though. It's, it's weird. It's 132 points. As a rookie, it's almost like the <laughs> no. strangest, the strangest start to a career ever. Oh, because like it's like, oh, this guy is so good, he's going to be a guaranteed Hall of Famer, and he will be or is. He's not in yet, right? Is he in? Timo, I don't know if Timo's in, but I don't know why he shouldn't. He but should be. That's an unbelievable start to a year or to a career. I mean, he even carried it into the playoffs. I think he's in. Six games in the playoffs and six points that rookie season. Timo was awesome. He's fun. Uh, let's move down the list a little bit more. Uh, we know who nine is. That's Gordy, and there will never be a question about nope. it. Although you could question the Rocket, but I think Gordy's obviously it's Gordy, uh, uh, Mr. Hockey, because there's Bobby Hall and Mike Madano, but yeah. no one can touch Mr. Hockey. How about number ten? I think you could have an interesting discussion, and it probably is based on how old you are. Yes, Gilfleur is the guy they name here. Who else would you put in this group? Pavel Bure, the Russian Rocket, one of my favorite players of all time. The only bad thing about, uh, or the only thing keeping Bure out of it is just injury. He yep. he was on pace to be one of the greatest ever, and it's very similar to like what people say about Datsuk. You know, where if you watched him play, you're like, oh, he's one of he's, the best players to ever play. Yep. But his stats on paper won't show like greatness, greatness, like. They won't show how Red good he actually was. Or, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at the numbers for Guy Lafleur, 1,126 games, 1,353 points. He scored 560 goals. Beret, it literally was that. Had he, had he played had he played the 1,100 that Guy Lafleur played, Beret only played 702 games. He scored 437 yeah. goals in yeah. 702 games. Yeah. You know, he's well, well over a point a game. But I think you could look at these. If you if Burray played the same amount Gila Fleur did, their numbers would be pretty similar. Although Burray probably would have scored six hundred goals. Yeah, and Burray when he was playing, he was the type of guy that um, every fan or or kid growing up, like me watching him, Burray was my favorite. He's he's the reason I wore number ten. Yeah, he's uh, and he probably was a lot of NHL players' favorite player. Yeah, like Datsuk was. Well, and playing. think about all the kids growing up in Russia. Yep, who played in the last fifteen years, twenty years in the NHL. They all grew up watching Pavel Bure and Sergey Fedorov. Craziest thing is he played he played eighty games only twice in his career. It's nuts. He was hurt all the time, always. Uh, as we keep going through the list here, um, number twelve. You guys are looking at the list, so you're going to get it now. But one of my favorite players ever, 
Who is the best number 12 ever? Jerome McGinley. It's got to be Eric Stahl, right? <laughs> <laughs> there is an argument to be had that it could be Marlowe. Is is longevity better than... Uh, is, point I mean, production? You're right. It, you're right. There is a question to be had. But I think Patrick has more points than him, too. Probably does. He played When you play that many games, he played, what, <laughs> 1,500 games in his career? 1,700 games? Something insane? Yeah, let me look at... He's got at the most games ever. Iggy's. Uh, but I loved Iggy. Uh, my, my favorite kind of hockey player right there. A stud who can score, who can lead a team, and will fight anybody in the league. Will fight. He's the tough guy. Um, no, Iggy does have more points. Yeah. They actually played very similar. Iggy was a six-time All-Star, franchise leader in points for the Calgary Flames. He's got his number retired by the Flames. I mean, he's no Chris Neal, but... <laughs> <laughs> well... The Flames are no Ottawa. <laughs> that's, that's true. Uh, here's where uh, Timu comes back into play. And this one I think you can have a serious discussion with. Number 13. You got Pavel Datsuk. You got Timo Solani. You got Matt Sundin. And for some reason they wanted to throw Michael Camilleri on this list. <laughs> Huge have fan made Michael this list. Michael Calamari. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think there's a serious discussion here between Timu, Matt Sundin, and Pavel Datsuk. I'm a homer. Pav's all the way. I mean, we love Pavel because he was a Red Wing. But, and and maybe the most skilled player to ever play the game. Maybe the best hands to ever play the game. Most creative to ever, ever play the game. That doesn't necessarily mean he was the best to ever wear that number. Matt Sundin had a hell of a career. Yeah. Even though I didn't like him because he was a Leaf. And the Leafs captain. Of those three, and if I'm taking my homer out of the equation, you have to, I think it has to be Solani. I was just gonna say that it's Timo. He yeah. wore he wore eight most of his career. He wore thirteen in his rookie year with the Jets, uh, and then he wore thirteen in oh five oh six with the Ducks again. Uh, I so would, his best year wearing thirteen, so it counts. That's right. Yeah. Uh, fourteen hundred and fifty one games played, fourteen hundred and fifty seven points, six hundred and eighty four goals for Solani. Yeah, I, I'd say it probably has to be Timo if we take our homerness out of it, because mm-hmm. we all love Pav, and I think if you said. Like I just mentioned, I think if you said the most talented and most creative player to ever play the game, Pavel Datsuk's in that conversation. Mm-hmm. But I think Timu was an all-around better player than yeah. Pavel was. Yeah. Uh, Both Hall of Famers. Yep. You know, I mean, Pav's going to get there. He just retired, so he's got like one more year, I think, before he's eligible. Number 14 is pretty ridiculous. The the names on that list. Yeah, you could make the argument that Davey Keon should get it over Brendan Shanahan, but Shanny kind of wins that one running away. Jamie Ben's really a number or a runner up behind Shanahan. Uh, I mean, Jamie Ben has been good in his career. I think he fell off quickly because of his style of play. Yeah. He had that Jerome McGinley kind of style of play. Um, and Justin Williams is only there because of what he did in the playoffs. Yeah. There's the only reason he, his name's even on that list. Yeah. But Brendan Shanahan is the best on this list. And if you talk to a Leafs fan, they'd probably say Dave Keon over him. But w- we're not Leafs fans. Maybe after a win, though, they might say Shanny. <laughs> That's true. Hey, uh, best transition to front office, Brendan Shanahan. <laughs> How about number 19? There's only one answer in this town, and there's only one captain. Screw Mark Messier. <laughs> it's Steve Eiserman. But there's some names on this list. Brian Trache. I mean, obviously, you have to be of a certain age to appreciate Brian Trache. The reason why Stevie wears 19. Exactly. And Joe Sackick. I mean, Joe Sackick and Steve Eiserman, I think we've talked about this before. Their careers mirror each other. Like, to today. It's creepy. 
how much they have the same exact is, career. Did Sackick wear 19 his whole career? Yep. yep. What about uh, Trache? Yep. So, I mean, I mean, and Jonathan Taves. Taves, because of the Cups, because he led those teams. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Jonathan Taves touches a Brian Trache. No, he's a bum. Steve a Joe Sackick. <laughs> bum. <laughs> bum. <laughs> Uh, I think you could you could seriously have the conversation between those guys, and I think what leads it for Iserman is the point totals he put up when he was early early in his career. He's point what, totals, the sixth highest score in the in NHL history, and three Stanley Cups. Yeah, and if you're just talking about player stats, it's point totals. But if you're talking about what he's done for hockey, too, Stevie has gold medal GMs. Um, I guess he still hasn't won a cup technically as a GM, um, and Sackett has. So there's the one up there. But Stevie's teams won back to back and won, went to three straight. Yeah, but I think finals. everyone realizes that at least the first cup was a lot of Stevie's work for Tampa Bay. I mean, that team is Stevie's, Stevie's team. Yeah, he team, built yeah. that team yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that one's a conversation depending on what fan base you're a part of. And I think there's a legitimate argument for all of them. But oh, I think Stevie sure. has the edge. How about number 20? Lucky Luke, Luke Robitaille. Probably the greatest left winger to ever play the game. Stanley Cup with the wings. We have another bias here. And like I said, wings all over this list. There's red wings up and down this list, which is cool to see. Um, I mean, that But team, it's no contest. There's no one close. Gary no. Suter, like, it's strange that Ryan Suter and Gary Suter both were 20 and are on this list, but <laughs> no one touches Luke Robitaille's numbers or what he did in his career. Yeah, almost, no. almost 700 goals. It's. It's nothing to scoff at. Highest scoring left winger of all time. Lucky Luke. Even, how about this? In 2021, he was playing third line minutes for the Wings. 2021? That's impressive. Or, yeah, he came back and played last year. <laughs> yeah, a third on the third line. You didn't know that. It was actually, he is Philip Zadina. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, is what I meant to say. And uh, he's playing third line minutes. We We picked him up late in free agency. 30 goals. Uh, he was also 36 years old. Insane. I mean, it's, it's unreal. Uh, and also, by all counts, maybe one of the nicest, happiest guys to ever play in the NHL. Look at that picture of him standing with the cup. Just a uh, giant smile. No, well, And he had that smile on his face all the time. <laughs> Just all-around good guy. Love Lucky Luke. Uh, 29 is a fun conversation. Marc-Andre Fleury, Ken Dryden, or is Nathan McKinnon about to take that spot? Why, why is Palmaville on this list? I have no idea. I know. <laughs> some of these some of the best parts of this list are the guys they added in here. Like if you look at 21, Stan Makita, Philip Forsberg, Borja Salming, all amazing. Geek Geek Carbonell, fine. But then you look at other ones, you're like, Mike Bossy, Daniel Sedin, Rick Tockett. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you... Tockett was good when he played, but if you're comparing him to, uh, to any Bossy. or Bossy, why is he even on the list? <laughs> it's kind of hard to pick this 29 because how do you compare a goaltender to like a player stats like a forward? That's the tough part about it is, yeah. how, is how like what they brought to the team. And I think you also have to look at like you got to look at cups as a part of this, especially when you're trying to compare goalies to players. I think Flurry's got what one. He's got two. He's got three. Three? Yeah, three, but he was only a starter for one of them. Two of them. Two of them. Right? No, he lost his job. Matt Murray has two cups as starter. He lost his job um, halfway through the first one, and then uh, Matt Murray took him to the second one. I mean, you got to look at, at some point, this will probably be Nate Nate McKinnon's to be the best 29 to play. 
I mean, I mean the way he's going right now, it looks like he's it's going to be him. How many cups does Dryden have? Too uh, many. Yeah, probably a ton. <laughs> I mean, Ken Dryden's going to be hard to to take off that mountain well, top, but also Ken Dryden like switched how the goaltender position was played too. Yeah, he was actually. Yeah, now that we talk about it, Ken Dryden will probably never be dethroned as the best twenty nine to ever play. But I mean, he's also considered best goalie or one of the best goalies ever. Ever, he defined the position. Yeah. Uh, can we just jump back to, to 24 real quick? They gave it to Chris Chelios, Bernie Federko up there, but the other two names are Ryan Callahan and Sammy Kapanen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Sammy Kapanen's anywhere near Chris Chelios. It, that one is an easy one. Chelly knew what he was doing when he picked that number. Yeah, he said, no one wears 24. I'm doing that. There's a few on here as we get down to that. Uh, Wait, I have a question, though. Yeah. If you're like uh, a, a Ernie-type player, Okay. Picking the number he did, he probably is, makes the list. <laughs> yeah, he's probably he's probably up there. What what number on this list? If you're if you're entering the league right now and you're like a depth player, forty five. Are you picking so you can maybe make this list one day? Forty five. <laughs> you want to know who forty five is? Yeah, who is it? Aaron Asham. <laughs> <laughs> I knew as soon as you started asking the question. Runner up, Jonathan Bernier. <laughs> so all right, forty five, baby. Forty five is the number so far. Let me look real quick. 49. Brian Savage and Joey Juno. Wait, there really was a Marc-Andre Bergeron? Yeah. That's weird. Uh, okay, hang on. Let's let's keep going through this list. 30, who's better? King Henrik or Marty Brodeur? You got to give it to Brodeur. Brodeur. Yeah, you ask some people, they're going to say Brodeur was a overrated goaltender. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think you got to give it to Marty Brodeur, but that's a close one. Two of the best goaltenders to ever live wore 30. I mean, I know it's a goalie number, but... Well, the only thing keeping uh, the king out is cups. Mm -hmm. And Brodeur, how many Vesnas does he have compared to Lundqvist? Number crunch? Marty Brodeur has four Vesnas and five Jennings, along with three cups and a Calder. That ain't bad. <laughs> He's all right. <laughs> um... How about 37? We brought it up earlier. Patrice Bergeron takes the cake. Who's the other fun guy who wore 37? Anybody? Anybody? Played in a cup final against the Red Wings? 37 cup final against the Red Wings. Wait, I'm not looking. Oh, uh, Kolzik? Olaf Kolzik. Only the goalie. Nice pull, Joe. One, uh, only one Vesna. That's what I, I was for wasn't sure if he even won one, but yeah. Yeah, he got one. Yeah, so it's it's Broder all day long. Yeah, not a question. Uh, another number that no one wore. Well, maybe some average guys wore. Our boy Franz Nielsen with fifty-one. The other guys: Brian Campbell, Val Filppula. I think you can make arguments for those guys. Honestly, <laughs> Filppula has more cups. <laughs> well, if we're only taking cups into account, <laughs> uh, the other one I thought I had a lot of fun with was sixty-six. Why bother listing anyone but Mario Lemieux? <laughs> Who else did they list? Oh God, Josh Hosang yeah. is the only guy listed with Mario Lemieux. So close, he's right there. Yeah, he's played about sixteen NHL games. I've seen a couple lists where Hosang is sixteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's the guy. <laughs> David Prawn up there with fifty-seven. I was going to bring that one up too. That's a fun one. Um, yeah, some of these are really weird. I mean, Chris Pronger. Who would have thought that? I mean, obviously, Chris Pronger was one of the greatest defensemen of his era. But did you realize that not any other good players wore 44 ever? Yeah, no, that is pretty crazy. But normally when uh, 
Well, I guess when it's the case where like like a Zetterberg is the best 40 ever, um, I wonder if like once a player takes that number and has like achieved something and it's not like in the teens or 20s for like goaltending or like 19 and stuff, right, right, right. do players just not want to take that? They don't want to have to live up to that? Because they're taking someone's number that's already established in the league? Uh, maybe. Uh, do you think it matters more in the league or in on like the team that that person played for? Cause like I get no one wanting to ever wear 40. Not that I think the wings would let anybody, but as a red wing. Correct. Yes. But in the league, I just think some of these numbers are just ugly numbers. And no one wants to wear them. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I guess I'm more thinking like, um, like Zetterberg's probably a bad example because someone could wear that. And, um, like Chris Shelley 24, 24, which is like a, a very common number. Yeah. For people to wear. I guess like numbers more distinct, like uh, 66. Like the 51. Yeah, uh, yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. No, like someone who is like extremely oh, like actually really good. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, well, I mean, you. so 44 is a good example of that. Yeah. Chris Pronger wore it and well, well, that's, I don't know, like, that's no what I was to wear th- it. thinking, yeah. you know, like if you're in the league and you're also wearing 44 and the only other person wearing it is maybe one of the best defensemen in the league. Yeah. That's it's, like a it's lot tough to, to be that tough to live up to. Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, 55, Larry Murphy takes it. And I think it's running away. Our boy, Larry, <laughs> love watching him on the wings broadcast. Oh, uh, red faced and yelling. Uh, always, but the other guys, Sergey Gonchar, Nick Cronwall, another red wing and Eric Daze. Remember the old Blackhawk, Eric Daze. Oh, I remember Eric Daze very well. Big man. This one's kind of jumping way up, but I was just scrolling through this list. 91 has got a lot of names on it. 91 is on the list of me to get to. Uh, let's, let's touch on 77 first. Ray Bork, Paul Coffey, Victor Hedman, Phil Esposito. Jesus. It's a pretty solid list of 77s there. That's going to be a tough mountain to climb for anybody who starts wearing 77 from here on yeah. out. Yeah. A lot of D and then uh, with is, Phil. But is that what Doc wears? Kirby Doc? I think he's 72. 72? No, I think I you might be, be right. I think it is 77. I was trying to think of, well, as I was going through this list, trying to think of other guys who wear some of these numbers now or like younger kids. Yeah, he's 77. Yeah. I don't think he's going to reach Ray Bork, Paul Coffey level. <laughs> no, this if the halves keep winning, maybe. <laughs> he's going to have to carry him to a couple cups. How about 88? Is it Big E, Patrick Kane, Vassie? There's a conversation to be had there, I think, between Vassie and Kane. I don't know that the Big E can hold up to the numbers Kane That's where it gets hard cups. again, trying to pick between a forward and a goaltender. Right. But and numbers think, in cups gives Kane and they the, both have the three bump over Eric Lindros. Vassie has two now, and Kane has three. Yep. Yeah, and by the end of Vassy's career, he could be the best goalie yeah, to ever play. It's right. true. That's what I mean. Like, there's there's some of these that it's crazy that Vassy's already in the conversation. Think about eight years down the line, what he, you know, where he's going to be at in this conversation. You might not even have to question it, despite Patrick Kane being, in my opinion, the greatest American-born player ever. Yeah. Oh this yeah. Point. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he's top Chelios at this point. Yeah, and the only other name that is going to tap him at this point is Matthews. Yeah, and he's on pace too. Yeah. Uh, all right, 91. Definitely a conversation to be had here. And I think this one, you can legitimately make a uh, a statement for a couple of these guys. Sergey's up there. Sergey Fedorov played both ends, played, def- played defense, legitimately played defense, played forward, changed the game somewhat with the Russian five and the way he played and how fast he skated and he wore white skates, which was fun. Also, was like cool. Right. Brought in <laughs> Nike as yeah. like a thing. Um, although the Nike gloves, maybe the ugliest gloves anyone's ever wore. The all white ones that well, he had? Just the shape of them. The design, yeah. Yeah, they were just terrible. 
Uh, but Stammer is in that conversation. Stammer's there. Even uh, um, they got Trocheck in here. Um, Trocheck or not Trocheck? Trocheck. <laughs> <laughs> That's strange. I don't think you ever wore that number. One of the greats. They just One list, of the greats. List Trocheck at every number. <laughs> If he wore this, he'd been the great. Hey, that I was, have no uh, idea why I said Trocek. That was a former first overall pick in fantasy. <laughs> um, Trocek was? First round. First round, sorry. It was like third uh, overall. It Corey. might have been second round, actually. but No, it was, it was Corey's first pick in the first round. I thought it was the second round, but either way. Yeah, Corey took Vince Trocek one year, like the first round of the draft. He probably thought it was who I was trying he to He was take. like, oh, oh, it's just Trocek, not Tarasenko. Yeah. Oh, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I'm that was gonna, my bad. I'm just going to bomb this team so whoever takes it over is fucked. That was the year he quit by December 13th. He was oh, done. Oh, so good. Uh, Tavares and Tarasenko are the other names that you couldn't say. Which I don't think Tarasenko's <laughs> going to be... I'm trying to look of... No, and I'm still waiting for that trade. When is he going to get traded? Yeah. He hasn't rescinded the trade request yet. I mean, well, at this point, they're. this is the perfect year to just dump everyone on that team. Yeah. To, that to has value. Yeah. And especially him because he's a. It's a contract year for him. How many cups does for, uh, Fedorov have? Uh, three. 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 He's got more. Uh, more hardware too. He's got a heart, and two selkies. Stan Stammer Post though has two rockets. Yeah, and Stammer's got more goals and less games. Sixty. Yep. He's a sixty goal scorer, and he's not done. Wow, Stammer is so good. It's unbelievable. He's not done yet. No. You know, like he's thirteen and fourteen games right uh, right now. He's 985 points in 936 games, so he's going to play 1,000 games. He's going to have 1,000 points. Man, he had a season last year, too, 106 points in 81 games. Uh, yeah, he had a career year last year, didn't he? It's wild. So, I mean, three years in uh, maybe four. Four years in Stamkos' career, he did not have over a point a game. It's crazy. And one of them is rookie year, where he still scored 23. And when he broke his leg in half? Yeah. And then um, the other ones, he still scored 36. Um, that Then he got hurt one year, and he had only 34 and 38, but probably would have been on pace for that, too. It's so crazy. Uh, it's, remember, we thought he was done two years ago, and then mm-hmm. he came back and scored 40 last year. <laughs> that said, I think it's it's tight, because the goals are what might, what could push him over Fedorov. In yeah. Conversation. Another interesting one here is, uh, I'm sure you have it, 97. McDavid's probably going to pass Roenick. Yeah, that's a, it's a tough spot for Jeremy Roenick. He picked one of those numbers. He's like, no one will ever be as good as me wearing this <laughs> number. And then McDavid showed up on the scene. And uh, Miko probably going to take over Holmstrom, too. Who You know what makes me wonder on this? Who do they have at 27? Because didn't Roenick wear 27 in Chicago early? Oh, you might be right. Well, Scott Niedermeyer's got to beat there. So, yeah. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> yeah. So he did a good job going 97. No one will wear that number. Until the greatest player to ever play. <laughs> That's right. Takes it. Takes it. <laughs> uh, there's a couple guys in this. Like, like, obviously, Crosby. No one will ever catch his 87. Donald Bashir is the other name on there. <laughs> uh, Kucherov with 86. He's already kind of stolen that spot. Landis Cog with 92. I guess I didn't realize not many guys wore 92. Rick Tockett's the only other guy really up there. Um Sergeyev at 98 is probably pretty secure pretty right safe, now. safe, yeah. Uh, this one is actually fun just because he's there right now and quickly to be supplanted is Thomas Holmstrom with 96. Oh, yeah. I just said that a second ago. Oh, I uh, missed it. 
went right over everyone's head. Yeah, apparently. everyone missed it. But <laughs> Miko, take Miko will take that. Yeah, I did not hear you say that at all. I heard it. <laughs> Just ignored it. No, you were. D- 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 I told you. Well, thanks. <laughs> no more coffee for you. Uh, all right. Yeah, that was just a little bit of fun. I thought it was a fun list to look at. Kind of go down some of the greats in NHL history. You got anything else here, Jack? Uh, I was going to bring up. Did you guys see that um, Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin have with the last? I forget. It was like Saturday or Friday or Saturday. I seen the stat. Um, they had the same exact number of points. It was like fourteen fifty three or yeah. something like that until Crosby passed them on Saturday. It was cool little graphic too because it like showed them who like took the lead in points over their career and it went over their whole career. And it's amazing that started in the same year, right? Drafted in different years, but because of the lockout, started in different years or started in the same year. And it's it's unbelievable how good they've been. And that that when they came in, they took over the league. Those two. I mean, oh, yeah. Ovechkin immediately scored 60 goals. It was unbelievable how, how good they were coming in. Is McDavid the only guy since then that's really done that and just taken over the NHL as soon as showing up? I mean, Matthews is close. Yeah, yeah Matthews like, had four goals in his first game. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably Matthews. Uh, Kane was really good immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting Kane and drafting Kane and Taves is what set them on... You their know, trajectory. Their trajectory. The craziest goals, thing Stanley Cups in six years. Of that uh Ovechkin Crosby thing is I think Crosby's played like almost 168 less games than him. Yeah. Yeah, because Crosby had a lot of injuries early in his career. He had the uh what if you go back and watch that winter classic elbow to the head, uh who was it? Um Eric Fair, yeah. I think, who rocked him. It was such a dirty play. Uh and that concussion took him out for like a year. Yeah, and for as much and he had as two of them, he had two concussions. Yeah, remember he got hit in the jaw with a puck, and it and it well, sent him back into concussion protocol. And for as much as uh, Crosby has broke my heart uh, throughout his career, and he's um, a whiny little bitch. He he's he's, he's one of the greatest greatest ever. So right Absolutely. now, uh, Crosby in games played is eleven twenty three with fourteen twenty five points, and Ovechkin is twelve ninety games played. With fourteen twenty four points, so Ovechkin's played right. more games. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. That's what we talked about. Like Crosby had, Crosby kind of was on a a string there of oh, I was one number off, missing a lot of games. Oh yeah, I mean, he's hurt a lot for for a little bit there. Well, yeah, he played forty one, twenty two, thirty six in three consecutive seasons, yeah, and their that, points their stretch. points really like. Show how different of a player that is, because Crosby has 788 goals, where Cro- or, uh, Ovechkin has 788, and Crosby has 523. But Crosby has 902 assists, and Ovechkin only has 636. Do you have uh, Do you have hits on that? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that hits hits. Uh, DB doesn't show hits. I don't unbelievable. Think. So the graphic was Ovechkin, Crosby, Stamkos. Here I have it. Up Malkin now. and Patrick Kane. I think. Uh, it's Ovi. Um, I'll, you might have said them all right, but it's Ovi, Crosby, Stammer, Malkin, Kane. That's a, that's what I said. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, I had it right. Correct. <laughs> I wasn't listening like you weren't listening earlier to me. Um, what? <laughs> if you combined Crosby, Stammer, Malkin, Kane, all their hits, there's still a thousand less, or just under a thousand less than what Ovi has. That's ridiculous. He's an animal out there. Ovi has freight train. 
788 goals, 3,331 hits in his career. And the other night against the Penguins, he was freight training guys. He oh, yeah. threw three massive hits the other night. That's the that's the I, best thing about Ovi is his game hasn't changed ever. Um, it also hasn't sli- had... Slightly, he got a lot better defensively. He did get a lot better defensively, and later in his career, he does a lot of standing. <laughs> <laughs> so his, his game's changed a lot, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It hasn't changed his goal scoring. <laughs> and hitting. And hitting, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, how many... I don't know if one of you have it pulled up. How many 100-point seasons does Ovi have? Uh, let's see. One, two, three, four. And, four. Uh, and Crosby, with missing almost three full seasons, he's got 600-point seasons. Oh, wow. I mean, that's why he's <laughs> right there with points. And he's over a point a game again this year. Yeah. I mean, what we say it every year. Crosby makes someone on that Pittsburgh team good every year. Actually, can we talk about how good Crosby how much better he could even be than he is now, or at least his numbers. Here's his game totals. 81, 79, 53, 77, 81. Then he gets that stretch. 41, 22, 36, 80, 77, 80, 75, 82, 79. And then his last four seasons, 41, 55, 69. And he's obviously played all 15 this year, but he never plays a full season. Well, that COVID one, I think 55 was the full season. season, Yeah. But, but with your point, he should have played 81, 82 that game or that year, right? If COVID never happens. Well, and but I mean, look at so like he had a fifty three when he was twenty. He had forty one, twenty two, thirty six. Which the thirty six though might have been the lockout, which he still didn't play a full season, but the half half season and he still missed some of those games. Like he only played eighty two games one time in his entire career, and eighty one twice. Yeah, it's. Think it's insane points. that he's still there with points. Right. How many more points he could have being well over a point a game guy whenever he's on the ice? Another got, thing. Oh, sorry, Joe. Go ahead. Well, he's got 300 more points than he has games played, which is insane. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, Quickly, before we get over, get get done with the pod, Connor McDavid's on pace for like 150 points this year. That's insane. That's why I told you he should be out of the fantasy league. <laughs> it's Yeah, Joe would like uh, Connor McDavid to be removed from fantasy <laughs> hockey. Yeah. I think Jack, it's do you fair. have a thought on this? No, I was going to bring up something No, else. I don't have a thought on this. <laughs> no, I want to talk about something else, actually. But, All right, thanks for coming. <laughs> go down Hockey DB's list. He's of, really done. <laughs> of their, of, I want to go back to Ovechkin and Crosby. Uh, their awards. Like the amount of awards oh, they have. Hardware is just... It's nuts. It's like the biggest list I think about of anybody. Uh, there's a picture that they photoshopped all the trophies behind those two. Um, Crosby, three cups... An Art Ross or two Art Rosses, nine rockets, two hearts, two rocket or two rocket Richards. He's got the Messier Award, three Pearsons, two Conn Smythes. That's unreal. And then uh, Ovi with what nine rocket Richards? Yeah, eight rocket Richards. That's insane. That's so crazy. It, I mean, it's easy. I think to say Ovechkin is the greatest goal scorer the game has ever seen. Mike Bossy maybe would have been there if it wasn't for injuries. Yep. All right, we can move past this now. Sorry. Well, can we what talk was, about McDavid what, now? What was, you, what was the McDavid, McDavid thing? <laughs> no, Jack outlawed it. <laughs> We're show's over. <laughs> All right, play music. <laughs> I lost the thing. <laughs> no, what? Did, what did you ask though? I don't know now because you told me I couldn't talk about it. <laughs> I just wanted to say that McDavid should be out of all fantasy leagues. Out of all, or just ours? Ours first, and then the rest. <laughs> ours first. The others can follow suit. Um. 
I mean, as long as doesn't have them, I'm cool with them being in. Beep. Yeah. Oh, now shit. you got more work Beep. to do. Yeah. <laughs> Make more work for yourself. Uh, Joe, you said your dad removed Wayne Gretzky in the 80s from his fantasy hockey pool, right? Yeah. Just, it's Is that unfair. when they did fantasy hockey on paper? Yeah. <laughs> My dad uh, would do it. And then he also had a, a voicemail that he would tape, change the voicemail every night That's so crazy. to the new stats. And people would just call the number to hear what the standings That's were every awesome. day. That's awesome. Holy crap. <sighs> computers are so great. <laughs> <laughs> but nothing, analog's pretty cool. Nothing better than computers. Your dad was the hardest working commissioner out there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's a Donnybrook. That's episode 13. Like, listen, follow at It's a Donnybrook. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. 